house. Yesterday I had the privilege and the honor of officiating a wedding. It was a way to uh, experience a couple's love. Today we can think about the fact that we are in the midst of a love story, a love story that we have with God. Now God loved us so much that he sent his son for us. So as we think about our relationship, our loving relationship with God, we are also called into love everything around, just as God does. So we need to be thinking about what does love look like in all situations. So today that is going to be our center of focus, is learning what it means uh, and what it looks like to love. I want to turn your attention to many of the announcements that are here. There's quite a few, so I'm not going to uh, give you everything. Uh, but just a reminder, we do have our coin collection during our children's moments, so be uh, prepared for that, uh, for our for missions. I also wanted to mention uh, on Friday at 11, uh, we're going to have a graveside service for Lois Fisher. Uh, so I, it, uh, now I'm going to forget what cemetery that's at. Valley View, is that right? Or, um, it, so if you are wanting to, to be a part of that or come to that, I just wanted to make sure you were aware of it. Um, when we look at things that are coming ahead this Saturday, that is the opportunity for you to hear more about the advanced directives uh, of what it means when you uh, go into hospital, what you need to respond so they know the best way for your care. Uh, so if you haven't signed up for that or, or not thinking about that, think about it this week. Uh, so that you uh, may be able to put that as part of your planning for your future. It's also the festival sharing continues. There's still, uh, we received several uh, of those kits, but continue to make those kits and the bags are out there for you. And there's a new opportunity coming up at the end of September. Uh, it's called the Enneagram, Discovering Our Personal Perspectives and Internal Core Motivations. Have you ever wondered why you do things? What motivates you to do the different things that you do? And how you respond to all the different things that come at you? This is a class that helps you to understand that and how to better manage how you respond in a way that honors uh, the Lord and those around you. So I encourage you to be a part of that class. It's, uh, how, how many weeks is that class? Seven weeks. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet out in the narthex uh, for you. And for all those that were in the uh, empathy class over the summer, you know a little bit about uh, the Enneagram that was mentioned during that time. Uh, so this is a time for you to be able to dive a little bit more into that. Uh, at this time, I'd like to invite Wayne to come up uh, and share a little bit about what happened this weekend. morning. Most of you know me. Uh, one of my jobs around here, as you may also know, is I am president of the Men of Faith. Our big event of the year is the annual garage sale, which took place last uh, Friday and Saturday. And this has is, is really become, over time, an entire church event. Uh, there was a time when this was predominantly the Men of Faith. And we don't have the manpower figuratively and literally, <laughs> to carry this off anymore. And there's so many people 
in this congregation who step up in one way or another. And I can't thank you all enough. Without your help, women, men, everybody, this thing would just simply not happen. Not only is there a form of helping on Thursday when we get donations, sorting them, pricing them, Friday when we do more sorting and pricing, picking things up, selling them Friday night and Saturday morning, and then at the end, about noontime, picking everything up that's left over and taking it off to Goodwill. It's a huge amount of work, an enormous amount of work, and I, like I said, I can't thank everybody enough for your help with that. Uh, not only members of this church, we have a number of non-members who have helped with this church, past members, John Shearer, Bill Valley, uh, some others, and also members of Jeremiah Tree who have come out. We have to employ some young guys these days because we just don't lift things like we used to. So for the heavy stuff, we, we employ some younger men from uh, one of the organizations that we support. Um, somewhere, where did I tell you? Oh, here it is. There are a few of these. Victor Hess was kind enough to go and put this list together. There are some of these out in the narthex, if you are interested. This is a list of the charities that we are going to support with the $4,500 that we have made over the last few days. Actually, it's been a little bit longer than that. <clears throat> Thank you. That's a combination of online sales, um, which I manage, and also the stuff that we did over past uh, Friday and Saturday. So again, thank you all very much. This is a tremendous testimony to the, the commitment and uh, service to the community of this church. All this money is going back to the community. Thank you. Thanks, Wayne. Now let us prepare for our time of worship as we enjoy this uh, presentation from our bell choir for our prelude.
Thank you, Bell Choir. Please stand as you're able for our call to worship. Come out of the darkness of despair into the brightness of God's transforming love. Praise God for God's presence with us. Prepare our hearts and spirits to receive God's mercy and healing. Thank God for God's mercy toward us. Come, let us praise and worship God. Thanks be to God who is always with us. Amen. Please remain standing for our opening hymn, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, which is number 384 in your United Methodist hymnal. Thank you. Please be seated. 
Please join me in our opening prayer printed in our bulletin. Gracious God, we come this day seeking courage and hope for the future. Help us to be those who bring peace in our families and communities. Banish the darkness of doubt and fear. Anoint us with your light and love that we may spread the good news of your mercy to everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The children would come forward for the children's moment, please. everybody. You're all good? Okay. So today, we're going to do something a little bit different, all right? I have a different way of praying. So we're going to do the prayer, then you guys are going to do coins for missions, then you guys, you're going to come up and get your treat, all right? However, this is not just for you. This is also for the congregation. Mm. You guys have to do it too. Now, it's very easy. If I can do it, you all can do it. I need a hand. Okay? Now, this is how we're going to do this. The bell choir too. (laughs) Because they they know how to use their hands. We, We heard it with the bells. I'm going to use each finger as part of the prayer, okay? And when I use it, then we put that finger down, all right? Everybody got it? You're good? Okay, so we're going to start. Dear God, thank you so much for loving us and sending your son to to die for our sins. With our thumb, we remember those who are close to us, and we pray for our moms and our dads and our brothers and our sisters and our friends. And here we have our pointer finger, and even though it's rude to point to people, God, we realize that you point people in our lives to point us in the way we should go. So we pray for our teachers and our pastor and our bus drivers who are always aware of where we should be going. Our tallest finger, God, we remember that's our, we we should pray for our leaders So we're praying for wisdom and discernment and some humility out of our leaders. Our fourth finger, Lord, we're thankful for this finger, and I did not know this. That's our weakest finger on our hand. And God, with this finger, we remember those who who have less than we do. And maybe they hurt. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they fell and broke their wrist. Mm -hmm. 
maybe they needed something at the men's garage sale and, and they could come and find it. So we're, we're praying for all of those people who need you and they have less. We have the smallest finger left, God, and that's us. So at this time, we're praying for our needs because we pray for our needs last. So we're praying for our health and we're praying for our needs. We're praying that we have a good week at school and work and home. And again, we're saying, thank you, God, for loving us. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now you guys have to get to work. Is that enough? The one already got started. Okay. (laughs) You're going to take the one already started? Oh. Thank you. At this time, if you would join in our prayer hymn, The Gift of Love, number 408 in your United Methodist hymnal.
So this week, you may have noticed a change in temperature. There was a cold front that went through that reminded us and maybe encouraged us to accept that summer is on its way out and that fall is beginning. We are changing the seasons. It is in that time when there are a lot of things going on for people, a lot of different things that have them anxious and maybe just not knowing, you know, what is coming ahead. So I want that to be the focus of our prayer this morning. Let us go to our Lord in prayer. Amazing God, you have created everything so meticulously. You created our world so that it would be able to function in ways that give renewal and rest and so many different aspects of what is truly needed for growth and be able to flourish. Lord, as we experience a new change of a season, we ask that you would be merciful with us. That you would be one of encouragement to us as we look at what is happening around us right now. We think about fall being something that is in many ways beautiful. But at the same time, we can see how things are withering. So no matter of how we look at the season, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to understand that you are in the midst of it all. That you are right there with us in everything that we experience. With school happening and a new school year for each and every one of these children, Lord, we just ask that you would truly give them an excitement about what is before them, the opportunity that they have to learn the, what all can happen as they grow into this new season. Lord, we ask that you would be with all those that are in the schools, the teachers and the staff and the administration as the first couple of weeks are gone by and the, maybe the, the chaos is starting to settle down and the rhythm is coming. Help them to continue to have courage, strength, and wisdom as they continue throughout the year to keep the energy and the focus up. For all those that are not, out, not in school but are out in the community and they're seeing all the different changes happening around them, help them to be encouragers. Help them to see the different things that they have before them to, as opportunities. And how they may be able to show the world who you are. And be of service. Lord, we love that you love us. Help us to love those around us even as we are going through a change. Lord, we are grateful that you never leave us alone. For those folks that are experiencing something that is out of the ordinary, that is an injury or a surgery, 
that is coming ahead, Lord, we just ask that you would give them comfort, give them confidence in you and in their teams that are surrounding them. May they always hold on hope because of you. For those who are experiencing loss, oh God, we just ask that you would be that one that helps them to walk through this time of grief. Grief is something that you have given us because of love. It is because of love that we have grief. So help us to understand that we have been blessed by those we love as we walk through that time of loss. Lord, you call for us to find joy in the Lord in all things. We can always find joy in you. Let us now pray with confidence the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We just heard about the celebration of the garage sale being over and how they received this money to be able to support so many different things that they have their hearts set on to support in our community. We are the church. Everything that we do comes from what we offer. We have been given so much from our Lord. It's time for us to return a portion so that we can continue to be the church that shows the world around us that God is alive in Jesus Christ. Ushers, would you please wait upon us?
please join in the prayer of dedication. Receive these gifts as offerings of love, O God. Bless them with your grace, that those who receive them may find compassion and hope. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated for the scripture reading. This morning's scripture reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Don't be in debt to anyone except for the obligation to love each other. Whoever loves another person has fulfilled the law. The commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't desire what others have, and any other commandments are all summed up in one word. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't do anything wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is what fulfills the law. As you do all this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now, our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near. So let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around and obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Thanks, Del Choir. We spend a, a lot of time in between events and life experiences. However, we don't pay much attention to the in-between. The in-between isn't the memorable occasion that occurred or the one that we are anticipating. Recently, we had the first day of school, so now we are in between the first day of school and the last day of school. We just completed the in-between of summer vacation. Couples get engaged and it is exciting, but then in most cases they have some time before the wedding day that they look forward to. In the springtime, what do we notice happening outside of town? There's planting season. This is a high activity time and a focused time of working around the weather and the ground conditions to get off to a good start for the in-between time of the growing season. Sure, then there's a lot of happening there before harvest time, but there isn't this anticipation for what fall will bring. Even the church calendar accounts for the in-between Beginning after Pentecost to the start of Advent, we are in what is called ordinary time, the in-between. All these examples span a, a significant amount of time, but the experiences we celebrate or anticipate are often fleeting. See, the nature of life and time is a continuum. We are always starting something, continuing something, finishing something and starting something again. However, if we take a moment and think about life experiences, we can see the impact of the time in between the event that marks the beginning and the event that we look forward to with expectation. Have you noticed that the closer we get to an event, the more influence that event has on what we do with the time that we have? I can remember when my wife first told me that she was pregnant with our son, Cale. This was our first child. So for the, the next couple of months, we were focusing on the status of the pregnancy and making sure that Suzanne was doing well and the, the baby was developing. We made sure Suzanne was eating right or at least eating what she wanted I made numerous runs to Dairy Queen during that pregnancy. Anyway, we were motivated by the event of being pregnant. As we got further into the nine months, our focus changed to the baby. Getting the nursery ready, coming up with a name. Why is picking a name so difficult? We struggled with that for some time. We were trying to get advice on, on the feeding of the baby, the sleep routines, getting a pediatrician, and all those things. You see, depending where on the continuum we are of the in-between, we focus our time and energy doing different things. So what does all this have to do with our passage? 
Well, all Christians live in the in-between of their salvation, which begins with God's grace becomes known to us and accepted and ends in being glorified with Christ when Jesus returns. In our lesson today, Paul sought to help the Christians of the Roman church to navigate how to live out a new life in Christ in the present while waiting for Christ to return. How do we live in Christ in the in-between time? We pick up Paul's letter today after he encouraged us, the, the body of Christ, to come together in unity, to work together in our diversity that resembles a healthy human body in function. Then he also encouraged us to live like a healthy human family in relation to our closeness, our vulnerability, and peace. So now, building on how the body engages with one another and the world, Paul taught, don't be in debt to anyone except for the obligation to love each other. Whoever loves another person has fulfilled the law. Now, when we think of debt, we immediately think about money, don't we? We understand debt transactions between two parties. One gives and expects to be repaid, possibly with interest, by the other who receives. Here, Paul uses the analogy of indebtedness, not with money, but with respect to relationships. Paul spoke to the reality that the primary way people relate with one another, either for business or for personal reasons, is from a debt perspective. You know how it works. I will scratch your back if you scratch mine. The reason for this is selfishness. Without being transformed by the Holy Spirit through as Paul says, the renewing of our minds and our hearts, we will always want something in return. We feel we are owed for any good that we do for someone else. And we feel indebted to someone who does something for us. It's a natural reaction. Think about your relationships. How do you respond when someone does something for you? What are your expectations of return for something that you do. Simple example, when we had a dog, we would ask our neighbor to care for our dog when we were out of town. Well, our neighbor had pets too, and I don't know about my wife, but I felt obligated to care for their pets when they were out of town. We didn't mind, but there seemed to be an underlying expectation that we would reciprocate. This is a natural way of relating. And Paul says in so many words, stop doing that and let love be your only obligation. Origen, a third century theologian, said it this way. He said, let your only debt that is unpaid be that of love, a debt which you should always be attempting to discharge in full, but will never succeed in discharging. We can always give love. Friends, Jesus Christ paid our debt in full. And we are free from the bondage of sin, the bondage of selfishness, and we are free to love. 
We are free to love like God intended us to love from the beginning. In the in-between time, we are to live to love without expectations and love expectantly. I think we understand what it means to love without having expectations. But trust me, it will take some effort on our part to turn our expectations over to the Holy Spirit until we truly can love without expectations. Loving without expectations is what makes it possible to love anyone, including our enemies. When it comes to loving expectantly, we may need some more clarity. And as luck would have it, Paul sheds some light for us. So in the remaining verses, I see some insights for us that reveal we are being transformed in the in-between time to love expectantly. Paul wrote, The commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't desire what others have, and any other commandments are all summed up in one word. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't do anything wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is what fulfills the law. Paul wasn't teaching anything new here. He was teaching and sharing that of what Jesus was teaching. All these commandments deal with how we relate with others. And Paul reiterating Jesus suggested that when we love expectantly in the in-between time, we will no longer be burdened by the law, but be governed by love. To love expectantly, we actively love our neighbors. We should anticipate loving our neighbors regardless of who they are or what the situation might be. Love requires us to put ourselves in another person's shoes and ask, what does love look like? Then actively love our neighbor. Now, if we can't figure out a a way to love or it's not making sense to us, ask a friend or even ask the neighbor. Just knowing they're not alone may be all the love that they need. Paul sufficiently described how the church was to live out their new life in Christ together. But here he turned to why Christians should live the way that they do. What is our motivation to love expectantly? Paul explained. He says, as you do all of this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near. Paul's talking about where we are on the continuum of living in the in-between time. The day that Paul says was near is the day of the Lord, judgment day, the day Christ returns to receive all who have faith in Him. The day that marks the end of the current age, the age of darkness and the fulfillment of the age to come, the age of light. John in the book of Revelation described it like this. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. 
The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever shut, for there will be no more night there. Paul says, be awake, be alert, be expectant. Every day is nearer to the day of the Lord and another day further away from the day Jesus became Lord of our life. Jesus had already brought near the kingdom of God when He was here on earth and established the church to represent the kingdom. Remember how I said my wife and I were motivated differently when she was first pregnant with our son from when it was close to the delivery. Well, in the midst of the pregnancy, there was a lull in motivation to be focused on anything but wondering, was this boy ever going to be born? And not that I know. From what I gathered, nine months seems like a long time to carry a child when you're carrying the child. There are just times when you feel like you are stuck and time is standing still and you don't know what to do. Maybe this is how we feel about our faith. See, when we first truly understood what Christ had done for us and what we received in Christ, it was exciting. And we were motivated by this amazing love that we experienced. After days and weeks and months, years and decades, we can lose our fervor for the Lord. We can become content, content with our decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, but we don't live expectantly for the return of Christ. To love expectantly, we are motivated to love by our anticipation of Christ's return. When we live with an eternal focus, anticipating what life will be like, it can ignite a flame within us for loving God and loving others. Without an eternal focus, we tend to spend our time aimlessly wondering if Jesus really will ever come. Or even maybe try to figure out when Jesus will return. The only reason to focus on these things is if we are worried about our own behavior and want to make sure that we change our behavior before He comes. When we focus on ourselves, we waste time that could be focused on our mission to love others and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To love expectantly, we connect with our neighbors for the sake of the mission of Christ. Paul warned us to break away from the many things that hinder our eternal focus, saying, so let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and Put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around and obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. These behaviors are all selfish. They, they seek to fulfill our desires to feel good, excited, valued, powerful, and in control. These actions of darkness, as Paul calls them, do not fulfill anything regarding the Lord's purposes. They distract us from the guidance of the Holy Spirit even. 
Weapons of light are those things that position us to experience God's grace in our life and to prepare us to extend grace and love to our neighbor. God's grace is what truly fulfills our longings. This is why Paul concluded saying, instead of those things, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't plan to indulge yourself with your selfish desires. Friends, to put on Christ is to put on the character of Christ in all that we do and say. When we actively make space in our life to experience God's grace, we open ourselves to becoming more and more like Christ. See, first we gain understanding of who Jesus is and how Jesus interacted with the world. And then second, as the Holy Spirit transforms our minds and our hearts, we begin to act more out of love. You see, when we are influenced by the coming of Christ, expecting Christ to return and strive to be more like Christ, we love expectantly. So free yourself from anything or anyone who has power over you and be debt-free. Live your life for Jesus because you made the decision for Christ. But don't just be content that you made a decision. Live a life in Christ in this in-between time, ready to encounter the unexpected by loving without expectations. And loving expectantly, actively loving our neighbors, motivated to love by our anticipation of Christ's return and connecting with our neighbors for Christ's mission of love. The kingdom of God is near. May our in-between be most influenced by this age of light that is present and coming. Amen. And thank you. Please join in our closing hymn, Where Charity and Love Prevail, uh, verses 1, 3, 4, and 5 of number 549 in your United Methodist Temple. <clears throat>
We are the body of Christ. In Christ, we are made one. No one will understand what that means if we aren't looking as though we truly love one another as we look to love everyone else. So be considering, what does love look like? And go in peace. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.